Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the station bringing you every Broncos game. Touchdown, Denver! This is Broncos Country Tonight. Presented by Betfred Sports. Never miss a bet with Betfred Sports. On KOA. Should I say welcome to it? I feel like that's Ben's go-to welcome rejoin. But welcome to it. Broncos country tonight. Split locales. I am in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Going to check out some Rocky Spring training tomorrow, Saturday, a little bit Sunday. Then the NFL owners meetings get going Sunday into Monday and Tuesday. So I will be covering that wall-to-wall, the coaches' breakfast, where it used to all be in one all in one fell swoop. All the coaches, all 32 of them, talk at the same time. They now split it up, AFC one day, NFC the other. And then I will be back in the Mile High City Wednesday night. But you will get me on Broncos Country tonight from now until next Friday. I am Brandon Cristal, but I am pleased that Nick Ferguson will be a part of it, at least uh, uh, I know today and hopefully again sometime next week. So Nick Ferguson's here. Grant Smith is here. Tomorrow we're excited about CU Women's Hoops, but tonight it's about the start of the second weekend of the men's hoops. And so, Nick, I guess first things first, how the heck you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just wondering why did you have to open up the show talking about you are in uh – it's sunny where you are. I mean, like you're trying to make people here in Denver and me and Grant feel just just terrible uh, based on our locale. Well, to be fair, I have not checked the weather back home, so I don't want. I was not trying to pick on anyone. It was pretty gross yesterday. I, I had to come in yesterday and have a little dental work done by my cousin, who's periodontist, or his, her husband specifically, uh, but. It was gr- It rained from sun up until about four in the afternoon. Then the sun popped out, but it's pretty cool today. Sunny and in the sixties. It's kind of going to be sixties and seventies through the owners' meetings, and then kind of warm back up. So for the end of spring training, it will be very comfortable weather for the Rockies and the other teams that call call the Valley of the Sun home. But yeah, I was not trying to uh, to pick on you guys. I did send you a video of where I'm broadcasting from, though. And as far as views go, I'm I'm on the actual balcony of the hotel room that that we're staying at. My wife's down here for work too, so uh, it worked out that we were able to to both sneak down. And so she and the kiddos are goofing around, and I'm hanging out with you. But you can see that it's not too shabby, especially the house that's over on the bluff off in the distance. It's got to be three, four, five million dollar house. <laughs> That I showed you guys. I guess I could post that video too, uh, but not that often that I do a show from a from a balcony. Nonetheless, uh, it's it's fun to be here for now. If it gets too cold, I'll I'll move back inside. You know what? It, it appears as though that you were not listening to what I was saying earlier because you just went deeper down the rabbit sure. hole with well, how great it is where you are. Sure. I guess this is this is what a someone who should be listening better should have responded with hey how's the weather back home nick i haven't really paid attention it sounds like it's not great well well i mean the weather here is uh great but it doesn't sound as great as the time that uh you you're having you know with with your family (laughs) so uh but hey you know it's denver colorado we got some things going on 
with the CU women's basketball team. Yeah. The Broncos continue to make moves, and uh, another Bronco player is somehow injured. I, I think that's where we have to start. Cause it's not just another Bronco player. It's unfortunately the Bronco player that is, I don't say the most injured, but oft injured, and that is certainly what K.J. Hamler has been in his career. And it's a bummer because he's such a good kid. I know that you've had a chance to talk to him plenty of times. I've talked to him plenty of times on the record, off the record. He is cut from the same cloth of Demarius Thomas and that one of the few guys with a smile on his face almost always, right? Is that a fair, is that a fair assessment in terms of your interactions with with KJ in the in the three plus years that, that he's been around, yeah, that's kind of a fair assessment. But for those people who don't know him, also, I mean, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He is a very emotional guy, and I know right now he's kind of going through it as he tries to figure out, okay, well, what, what's next for me? And what I mean by that is, once you start having a certain amount of injuries, and they seem to be almost consistent from year to year, you, you start to wonder, will your NFL career ever catch fire? Now, I'm not saying that to say, BK, that this is not this injury that this pec injury that he's dealing with is not something that he can recover from. But when you look at the time that he's going to be off while he tries to heal his body and recover from a strength standpoint, it's going to allow other wide receivers to kind of leapfrog you in the line as far as who makes this team. Yeah, the, the interesting thing, with, with all of it, and I saw where people were like, oh, it's time to just move on and save the roster spot. He's not going to take up a roster spot. He will start the year on the physically unable to perform list, and they won't have to do anything with them until six or eight weeks into the season. If a torn pec is a six-month recovery, and and that's what I think about what it is, everybody's different, and the severity of the tear matters. I remember Josie Jewell tore his in week two, two seasons ago in Jacksonville, right? And talking to him in December, he's like, oh, I feel fine, right? Now, I don't know the severity of that peck versus the severity of, of KJ Hamler's peck tear. And so six months, right, you want to go on the on the uh, low estimate, if you will, or the high estimate. And so that if he comes back in three, great. If he comes back in four, even better. So six months from now is, uh, let's see, I'm not great at math, but April, May, June, July, August. So week three of the season would be a full six months. The one thing I'll say is it's not his legs, right? And for a guy that's had a torn knee, a torn hip, hamstring issues last season and and I believe right he tore his knee in college as well and you talk about him wearing his heart on his sleeve one of the most impressive unique emotional honest press conferences I've ever been to in my life was when he talked to us about contemplating suicide and I'm not saying we haven't heard that from athletes but you I can't remember ever hearing it one in a press conference and two from an active athlete Early in their career, right? You hear about it after the fact. Certainly plenty of retired players, especially in collision sports like football and hockey, that talk about dark days and, and dealing with, with some of the demons. But that's who KJ is. So the Broncos aren't going to cut him right now. They're going to help him rehab. It's a bummer that he got hurt away from the facility. Unlike Juwan James, they don't owe him millions upon millions of dollars. He's made them up the bulk of his money to this point. So I think that it's, it's just unfortunate because, to your point, Nick, they are going to have to kind of move on without him. And if you can come back and figure out a way to get on the field and take the top off the defense, well, it's icing on the cake. But he is not part of their 2023 plans or plans going forward at this point. All he can do is surprise everybody, I think. Well, you're absolutely right because majority of the time when teams are in this position and we're, we're I mean, five weeks, I believe, out from the April 27th start of the NFL draft season, Teams start to look at their rosters. Well, how do we see a certain guy fitting here? And when you are absent from said roster and you're not seen, then you kind of fade into black where they're not really thinking about you because you're not able to get on the field for mini camps or OTAs. 
So with KJ, the first thing that he's got to think about, getting healthy, right? And, and yeah, there's going to be a timetable associated with that. But while he is away, still trying to stay engaged with what's going on on the field to let the coaches know that he hasn't really checked out. No, I cannot be on the field, but I am still here in mind and body because I want to know what's going on. So when I do come back, that I'm not going to miss a step. And that's that's the biggest thing for him at this moment, making sure that he understands this new offense. So when he does come back, he can show people, hey, listen, there's no issue with my hip, my knee, and this pec. I'm good to go. But you need to make sure you hit the ground running and you understand the offense. Yeah, and that'll be incumbent on KJ to be in the building as much as possible. We know he told us about his relationship with Russ and wanting to spend as much time around Russ and Miss C, as he called Sierra, the couple times that they got to go out and work out as a receiver group in San Diego with Russ. So he, assuming he can modify his rehab schedule around if any of that comes to pass or whatever it is, he needs to be. he's going to be in the building rehabbing now from – I'm guessing whenever they get him back in town, I don't know if a pec tear always comes with surgery or just healing, and, and you might know better than me. But whenever he's in the building, he's not leaving again. So that means he's got to be in every meeting, right? And, and that's a, maybe the good thing about the spring versus the season, right? Because there's plenty of times, especially when guys are done for the year and he's not by any means, at least not yet, right, that they'll skip meetings, right? They just quit going to meetings, <laughs> and, and they're just rehabbing because they can't help the team other guys do go to meetings right and again nick you can speak to that better than me but he needs to be at every ota meeting so that they know he's in there learning that offense like you said soaking it up and be ready to hit the ground running if and when he's cleared to do it because maybe he heals on the early side and he sneaks in at the end of camp right and then they are trying to figure out is there a 53 man spot for him or does he start the year on on the pup list but does that sound right in your in your guess too as as far as how he has to spend April, May, and June when the team's in the building before they leave for the summer break? Well, yeah, and it's going to put him back in a familiar territory. Like When you mentioned the fact that KJ talked about how he was feeling, his thoughts on suicide, and, and you're right. You know, Normally you don't hear players talk about that, but now he's going to be right in that familiar territory. And what I mean is that you, know, you have the off-season going on, and sometimes it is lonely and isolating when you are rehabbing by yourself and your dudes are not there with you. Now, the one thing that's changed a little different from when I play, usually we had the, the, the handheld, hey, the whole large notebook, you know, with all the plays. The way things are now, I mean, you can be in Alaska right now, they can load something on the computer and this is there in, in minutes. So he can always take that information with that tablet and he can go over the scheme. And the new wide receiver coach constantly staying in contact with him trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the best way to learn the system? So when once again, when he comes back, he's able to show people exactly who and what he is. But it is going to be an uphill climb. Let's be realistic about this particular situation because I've been there before. I've had two knee surgeries. And usually you're not around your teammates the way you want to be and you feel a little left out you 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 lose that chemistry and camaraderie that you have sitting in those meeting rooms with those guys eating lunch with them joking around and then you know going through the minutiae of what's happening on the field so for, for kj it's it's about bk putting a, a nice group around you when in the when that in that moment where kj told you about his thoughts about suicide he was dealing with the injury and he also lost his grandmother at the same time. Sure. And when I talked to KJ about this, I said, well, you know what? 
you and I are just alike in this way because when I injured my knee when I was with the Denver Broncos, my then teammate, you know, Darren Williams died the day that I was married. So I had all these things working at the same time. And it, and it does put you in a very kind of emotional place where you're trying to figure out where, where do I go from here? Not just from a football standpoint, just from a person standpoint. So this is going to be big that a lot of his teammates and you mentioned Russell that a lot of those guys stay attached to KJ because, once again, this is a guy that has, has had a number of injuries, and he's probably not feeling his best at this moment. He's Nick Ferguson. I'm Brandon Cristal's Broncos Country Tonight with you all night long. I am in Arizona, and, and Nick is, is there in Denver. We're talking about KJ Hamlin. If you want to get involved, you got the text line fired up. Our KOA Centura text line, 56690. You can, of course, give us a call, 303 303- Seven one three eighty five eighty five. If you want to weigh in on KJ Hamler or the other news that came down in, in recent days that, that Nick, I don't know if you've had a chance to react to, but it's my first chance to react to, and that's the Broncos bringing back Riley Dixon. I, I want to get to that in a little bit, but I, I want to stay on this KJ Hamler thing, or as it relates to the team, because we were talking about this over the last couple of weeks, and I heard the KOA Sports do talking about it. The guy who had, if not the best, the second best training camp at that position. Ended up making the 53 and is maybe the fastest guy on the team with apologies to K.J. Hamler, who claims he's faster than Jalen Virgil. But this, in the short term, we don't know what the draft will look like, and we don't know if there's a burner out there that we're unaware of. Brandon Cooks got moved. Ted Ginn Jr. is retired. So when I think of guys that, that took the top off the defense for Sean Payton in, in New Orleans, I'm not sure who's available today that the Broncos could go get. Obviously, a trade's always a possibility. But as the roster stands right now, the player who benefits the most from K.J. Hamler's unfortunate pectoral tear is Jalen Virgil because he runs 10-1 or ran 10-1 in, in high school or college, whatever it was. And we saw in the, in the preseason him just get behind the defense, just go out and make plays, especially in those couple game settings. And I don't know why it didn't translate to more opportunities during the season, especially as receivers were getting banged up. It just didn't. And, you know, a guy like Kendall Hinton, who's obviously still around, um, can stand to benefit just from more snaps, too, of course. But Jalen Virgil's different than Kendall Hinton, just like K.J. Hamler's different. So I think it's Jalen Virgil come on down. I guess I don't know what the team thinks of him, and I could probably send a few texts while we're talking here tonight. But it, it seems like when OTAs open up, and at whatever point phase two starts, and he can be on the field with Russ throwing him go balls, Jalen Virgil's going to get as many as he can handle. Yeah, he is, and this is an opportunity for so many other guys, not just Jalen Virgil. I mean, you talk about Brandon Johnson. Sure. There's an opp- opportunity for him. Montreal Washington trying to figure out, is he just a one-trick pony, just being a special teams guy? Now you get an opportunity to be a slot receiver. And then LeJordan Humphrey, a guy who's quite familiar with Sean Payton, and Sean Payton is familiar with him. So it gives other guys an opportunity. It's, it's interesting that you were talking about Jalen Virgil because uh, when I walked in the studio, I mentioned this to Dave Logan, when we when we were talking, we brought up Jalen Virgin, how fast he was as far as running a 10-1. And I said, you know what? Last season, you know, we watched Jalen Virgil have that touchdown when he got behind, the lonely, lone touchdown yeah. against the Titans. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Welcome to the party, young man. Now, next week, we're going to see the Broncos now try to do more because that was a time when the offense was struggling to find rhythm, who was going to be the feature wide receiver. But we never saw it. So this is an excellent opportunity for Jalen Virgil. I know he's definitely going to take uh, advantage of it. But now you have a more, shall I say, uh, experienced coach who knows how to scheme well and put guys in position. 
So this is great for so many wide receivers, but I'm looking to see how Jalen Virgil actually attacks this offseason. Yeah, it, it was interesting to see how things play out. It, it always is in training camp, and when you do what, what you and I do, and, and so many fans of Broncos country tonight that really care about roster spots 40 to 53 and who's going to make the practice squad, right? Everyone wants Russ to play well and Javante Williams to play well and Cortland and Jerry Judy. That, but those are, those are folks that even in passing know, you know they have their jerseys. That's the one jersey they have. But guys like you and me care about how Montreal Washington works into the offense even as a rookie or the battle between Brandon Johnson and Jalen Virgil that kind of by default Jalen ended up winning because I, I mentioned that he had the second best camp. Brandon Johnson far and away had the best camp of those back-end receivers, and it wasn't close. And maybe of all the receivers, honestly. Uh, although we did see Russ and Jerry Judy have a, a, a good connection early on and, and throughout most of camp. But I think that Brandon Johnson, who doesn't profile the same as, as Jalen Virgil or KJ Hamler, if he just picks up where he left off prior to getting hurt at the end of camp, and, and you know how it is during the year, right? Like, And he did make a what would have been his first catch ever, would have been an amazing touchdown. His first catch ever, I want to say, or first or second catch, still turned out to be a touchdown uh, the next week. But he he seems like the type of guy that would really thrive in a, in a Sean Payton offense because he can just kind of do so much, right, even though he's not as track fast as, as K.J. Hamler or uh, – or Jalen Virgil is, and you know, little Jordan Humphrey ran a a four seven five forty, so he doesn't really profile in that same respect. But he will just get more snaps at six four two ten. You're not expecting a guy built like that, unless your name's Randy Moss, to run to run in the four in the low four threes or four twos. But I, I think you're 100 percent right, Nick, that this opens up. I think the offense in general, beyond, and we'll see where things stand when. The draft comes because OTAs may open up with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy here, and the draft may come with them not all here. I think they probably will be talking to the people that I trust, but it won't surprise me if, if a draft week deal comes about or a draft weekend deal comes about. But yeah, I think that all the spots are kind of up for grabs, and Tim Patrick's coming off an ACL tear. So it's not that he won't earn snaps and, and be as dependable as he always was. It's just that we don't know exactly how this is going to shake out. If Jerry Judy's here, it feels like he becomes. I guess the best, for lack of a better way of putting it, a fantasy target. But it, in a Sean Payton offense, plenty of people have a chance to eat, even if one guy is getting you know 130 catches like Michael Thomas. Well, all, all of that is true, but you still have to have that go-to wide receiver. And, and, and when I say go-to, that's not the fact of saying that that means that that particular player is going to have multiple targets every single game. No, what I'm meaning is, though, a guy that is a threat to draw the defense attention to allow all your other underneath and intermediate receivers to actually work. And this is why I feel as though we, we've heard a lot of draft, I mean, trade talk about Jerry Judy. And when you look at the most valuable players on the Broncos roster, there are two players that jump out to me right away. PS2 at the corner position and Jerry Judy. Those are your two high value players at this very moment. That's why you've heard all this talk about, you know, trading Jerry Judy. But at this point, with KJ being injured, to me, I think now you move away from it, even if, you know, the price tag is a first-round draft choice. you got to move away from it because I told the guys on the sports zoo, if you trade Jerry, you're still walking in with a bunch of young wide receivers. You still have Tim Patrick coming off an injury who I think if he's 100% healthy, he is now your bona fide number two. Now, when we look at Cortland Sutton, it's no shade. It's just real facts. What exactly is Cortland Sutton, and where would you place him as far as the pantheon 
of the wide receivers. I still think Jerry Judy still holds value on his team and being on this roster. Yeah, and when given the opportunity, you saw where where Jerry Judy thrived, right? He really yeah. shined late in the year when, when thrown in, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say he was thrown into the, the X spot, or the Y spot, rather, which he hadn't played, and that gave him the chance to kind of, that's where Cortland had been, and then Cortland was banged up, and then they just kind of played Jerry there more, and he thrived. There's a reason he was taken 15th. I understand Cortland's bigger and had been to the Pro Bowl, but he just hadn't been the same since that ACL tear across the board. Jerry Judy might just be figuring it all out. And in a Sean Payton offense, it's even scarier. Hey, we can continue to break that down. We're going to talk to Paul Klee from the Gazette about the Broncos and all their moves, as well as his Gonzaga Bulldogs. Don't go anywhere. He's Nick Ferguson. I'm Brandon Cristal. Grant Smith here as well. It is Broncos country tonight. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. KOA's Broncos Country Tonight. You thought I was about to say it's KOA Sports you. I did not. Broncos Country Tonight. Brandon Cristal in for Benjamin Albright. All the way till next Friday. Ben getting much needed vacation time. And later on we can get into over and under predictions on how many tweets he will send whilst on vacation in an exotic locale. Nick Ferguson, though, riding with me. Grant Smith here as well. And we're going to head to the KOA Centura hotline, though, and talk to the esteemed editor and award-winning columnist of the Gazette, sports editor, our friend Paul Klee, who I don't know, I'm curious, Paul, what's your level of nervousness as your beloved Gonzaga Bulldogs are playing in Vegas tonight? My Jayhawks should have been there, but they played garbage. So they're not in Vegas. I'm hanging out in Phoenix. You're not in Vegas either because you're holding out till next week when you think your team's going to be in Houston. What's your level of nervous, nervousness, though, if – Ten is the national championship. One is an opening round game. Where are you right now on the nerves scale, Paul? You know, I'm, BK, it's a good question. I'm I'm closer to a one than a ten. Wow. I, I would say, yeah, I would say two or three. It, it's it's a different scenario when your guys are not a one seed. Yeah. You know that yeah. that's a that's a real thing that. You know, the, my Zags have been a one seed at least four times the last five, times. five or six years. Oh, yeah, five times total. I looked it up last week. Five, five times. And it, and it's that's a whole different deal, you know, than being a three and kind of playing with house money in Vegas. And we've we've been pooping golden nuggets for 25 years, <laughs> so we're just playing with house money all the time. 
<laughs> Nick, have you heard that expression in a while? Pooping golden nuggets. <laughs> well, well, to be totally frank, guys, I've never heard that saying before, but I am def- definitely going to throw in my lexicon now. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nick. Appreciate you, man. Poop, pooping, pooping. What was it? Pooping nuggets. Golden nuggets. Golden, golden nuggets. nuggets. Okay. Golden, golden nuggets. nuggets. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, speaking of uh, nuggets, Paul, I just wanted to dig into this really quickly. As NBA season started to wind down, when you look at the Denver Nuggets who've held on to that number one spot in the West for so long, what can you make of the last couple of games that we've seen? Because we haven't always seen the best of the Nuggets. Can they not only maintain that number one spot, but really do something with it when they get into the playoffs? I think you should go talk to them, Nick, because I just looked up your pro football reference, your PFR. I wanted to do some prep for this award-winning show. You had seven <laughs> postseason games. I didn't realize you played in seven playoff games, man. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I tell people I was definitely uh, blessed to play in the postseason. You don't always get that in your career. But for me, I, I do have that I get a kind of feather in my cap. But now, wondering yeah. with the Nuggets, can, can they get in the playoffs and can they actually do something with the position? Yeah, man, it, it's a Malone. This is a Malone team now. It's got to be. This has been a lot of years with Michael Malone cultivating this, you know, honest to goodness, maybe the best culture outside of a championship team I've, I've ever seen. But they've hit some, they've hit a patch here. You had, you know, you had a, a bit of a deal. I don't know what we, how deep you want to get into with Bones Highland, but he was a pretty good player here. And that went south quick. And now you've had, you know, what was it, the last couple of weeks? It, it, there's not the um, the harmony and the kumbaya that we're accustomed to with the Nuggets. I tell you what, though, I, I'm going to chalk it up to senioritis. I am. I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb and just say you're seven and a half games up after you beat the Grizzlies, a really good team, a healthy Grizzlies team at that time. And it's just kind of they're kind of coasting – so I think it's more of like BK when he was a senior at Pierce High outside Dallas. <laughs> yeah, Drew Timmy's alma mater, Nick. Drew Timmy and I, okay. same high school, but Jessica Simpson has yeah. us both beat, unfortunately, is the most famous alum. But finish your thought, debatable, Paul. Sorry. Debatable, debatable. She's not on 850K away right now. Sure, and 94.1 FM in the free iHeartRadio app. Right. <laughs> well, so well, right. Then let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Because so, senioritis I get. There's a good chance, and, and we know how it is, right? You coast into your senior year, and then the real world hits you. Maybe you goof around in the summer, but you're going to college, and some people thrive and some people falter, and they're back home or they're, they're somewhere else, and it doesn't go as planned. But mm-hmm. the Nuggets have a chance here, and, and it was a good way to end the road trip with a couple wins against bad teams. And so they beat Washington, and, and well, whatever you can say what you want about Washington, but then they're going to have – a really not only tough test, but head-to-head MVP matchups, MVP candidate matchups with the Bucks and the Greek Freak coming in. So you have the last four MVPs on the court Saturday, and you turn right around Monday, and Joel Embiid, who's lobbying, or I don't know if he's lobbying. I guess people are lobbying on his behalf, but he is certainly vying for that MVP this year. They come in with the Sixers on Monday. So you can get real focused here real quick, or you get run out of the gym either or both nights, and I think the level of concern has to go way up, doesn't it? I, I think it does even within the locker room if that were to happen. Now, Joker's not one to – he's going to remember the last time. And I love Joel Embiid as much as you do as a KU guy. 
Joker's a better player. And sure, that, sure. That's, that's not me just, you know, living in Denver most of my life, growing up a Nuggets fan. He's a better player. And so that's – I don't think if – I believe they will play him because I think Joker will want to play in that game. Um, I've noticed the betting odds have slipped in Embiid's favor lately in terms of the MVP. So, you know, Joker doesn't care about those sorts of things. Michael Malone does a little bit more. Um, I think a performance over this four-day stretch in the right direction is actually a pretty big deal. Uh, the, the issue with the Nuggets in the postseason, I, I think it's, it's important to clarify, too, it's not Joker. He's, he's one of the best postseason players that sure. know, I've ever seen. I mean, right, everyone's picking on his postseason performance, but it ha- <laughs> the teams have lost not because of Nikola Jokic. They've been close because of Nikola Jokic. And I go back like to a Spurs series down in San Antonio that went eventually went seven games, I believe. Uh, that was maybe his first playoff run, if not his second. And it was, I remember Popovich in the press conference in San Antonio, just he was amazed just like the rest of us. It comes very easy to Joker. So I, this is what I believe. If you get into the postseason and you're healthy, meaning Jamal Murray's healthy, Mike Porter's playing like he's playing right now, all those guys are healthy, then it, the, 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 I guess the burden switches over to Michael Malone and the coaching staff because this is what you've been waiting for for a very long time, which is to have a, a healthy, solid, you know, wear your home uniforms at least for the first couple of rounds, and you have a healthy roster. So I do think that the onus is on, is on Malone at this point. So, Paul, where do the Broncos go from an offensive standpoint, specifically wide receiver, with today's news about KJ Hamler expected to be out for a significant amount of time because of pec injury. Because we, we continue to have this dialogue about Jerry Judy and the possibility of maybe him or either Cortland Sutton possibly getting traded before the draft. So, so when you look at the Broncos, where are they from a wide receiver standpoint? Man, the guy I think about in this scenario, Nick, is the guy that we ride the elevator with almost every Broncos home game, which is Tim Patrick. You know, he's, he's a bit of an ace up his sleeve because I'm a huge fan of that guy. I, my personal belief is, man, you do not trade Jerry Judy right now. I, I, I think that's a bad idea. And I understand the contract thing where he's going to get paid eventually and you get something back. I wouldn't move that guy. Because I don't think you want to go to into your first season with Sean Payton, you know, working in tandem with Russell Wilson and, and send off, you know, probably your best offensive player, you know, if it's not the new right tackle. So um, I wouldn't touch Jerry Judy at this point if this was maybe year two or year three and you're looking down the road. But I think you've got to start this thing off the right foot because you have so much money invested in that quarterback. Cortland Sutton's another matter. I think if you, I think if you can move on, you know, maybe add to the very few draft picks that you have. Unfortunately, I like Horton Sutton because when he got here, he explained to me how he finds out where to go fishing, and it's, he pulls up a map on his phone <laughs> and he looks for blue on the map. And I will always appreciate that. This is not like a science. He just looks for blue on his phone and he drives that way. So I would like Corlin Sun to retire here, <laughs> but I think at this point, if you can get something back, man, I think you make the move. Yeah, Paul is a 
He's not a writer who fishes. He's a fisherman who also writes mm-hmm. and edits. Uh, that's for sure. I guess final thing we have for you. You got about thirty seconds. We got to get to traffic, and you got to get locked in for your zags here in just a little bit. What's your favorite of all the off-season acquisitions that the Broncos have made when they went on that spending spree, spending the Walton Penner Group's money? Who did you when they when when you saw the news came in? You're like, oh wow, I really like that. I thought the most interesting was the Zach Allen instead sure. of Tremont Jones. And you, you guys have studied this very closely. So it's obviously a, it's a math equation more than it is maybe an ability thing. But Draymond Jones got, I believe, $30 million guaranteed. Zach Allen got $32 million guaranteed. Uh, I, I know it's not a big difference, but that really spoke to the idea that <sighs> they didn't like Draymond Jones as much as I did and you did. I, I thought he was a disruptor, and I really like disruptors. So I'm interested in that Zach Allen move because probably not what I would have expected. But the best one is the big kid from, from Notre Dame. I mean, goodness, he's, he's as big as my Tacoma. And that's a spot <laughs> where they've, they've tried everything under the sun to figure out. I'm still a little scarred from the Juwan James episode. So I hope this regime is better at picking out big guys than the last regime was. But uh, the big guy, McGlinchey from Notre Dame, that has to be the marquee or atop the marquee after this period. There he is, the great Paul Klee. Good luck to your Zags. Check him out in the Gazette at ByPaulKlee on Twitter. And uh, I think I told you this the other day. I told some other people, I'm pulling for the Zags. Pulling for Mark Few. Good program. My Jayhawks are out, even though I grew up a Longhorns fan. I grew up a Longhorn football fan. I don't, I don't need the Longhorn basketball team winning, just like when Baylor won. Kansas <laughs> likes being at the top of the Big 12. I get Texas is leaving. So I'm all about the Zags beating UCLA tonight, and hopefully I'll get to see you in Houston when I'm down there for the Final Four. Paul, thanks for the time. We'll keep reading you, and we'll catch up with you here soon. Good luck. You guys are the best. Thank you. There you go. That's Paul Klee. I am Brandon Cristal hanging out here in Phoenix. Nick Ferguson and Grant Smith are back in the iHeart studios. And right now we are going to head to our KOA Traffic Center and check in with Darren Copeland and see how things are looking as we wind down the ride home. Darren? One, two, three, uh-huh. Broncos country tonight winding down the first hour. And, Nick, I'm sure you have one eye on... This K-State-Michigan State game, where, of course, I'm pulling for Michigan State as a proud KU alum. But this game has been awesome. It's an overtime. They're playing March Madness games in the Garden for the first time in, like, 60 years or something like that. I don't know the exact date because the NIT had been there so frequently. Have you been, have you been watching it when, when we haven't been talking directly to each other? Absolutely, and I've been trying to spare you because I know that you— I'm on a bit of a delay. I'm at 42.8 seconds. Okay, well, you know what? To be totally honest, we are at the same point now. I may be about three you seconds. you got to be at least five, yeah, a few yeah. seconds ahead when yeah. the action starts. Yeah, but but you uh. know what? Because you are a Jayhawks uh, fan, I didn't want to let you know that K-State was still uh. in it. I, I was trying to spare you. No, no, no. I've got it on my iPad here just kind of off, off to the corner uh, because obviously we're focused on what we're doing. But this is, what, this is where my honesty comes in about the tournament. So my mom went to Texas, my whole family went there, my sister went to Houston, and I was talking to my mom a little earlier, and I said to her, hey, when does Texas play? Like, the only region that I knew was playing today was the Vegas region, the West, because Kansas would have been there. So I knew that, I knew UCLA and Gonzaga were playing, and I knew UConn and Arkansas. But other than that, I had no idea of the other three regions which were on which days. 
because it just met. I've after Kansas lost, I of course watched a little more Sunday. Went to the games in Denver, and and Grant and I sat courtside for the uh, K State, or I'm sorry, the the TCU and and Gonzaga game. I got purple on the brain, and that was really fun. But then I've spent zero time on the tournament all week long, like no thoughts other than, of course, keep an eye on some of the stuff I'm doing with DraftKings. But like when games were, was just an afterthought to me. Well, you know what? I, I thought because you were rooting for the Jayhawks, you know, and you have Kansas State. Kind oh, of I'm rooting for Michigan State in this game. Yeah, I know you're rooting for Michigan State because uh, you don't want Kansas State to actually. No. Am I got, did I get that wrong? No, you're right. It's, I'm not in the SEC where, where Tennessee fans get excited when Georgia wins the title and they tell you the SEC it means more. No, Tennessee hadn't won a title since T. Martin was there. Like, your team sucks. Stop cheering for Georgia and Alabama. <laughs> right? It, am I wrong? That's how SEC fans are. You know, you know how it is. You grew up in that part of the world, in South Florida, where there's a boatload of them, and went to school in Georgia where they I'm were all around though. you. I'm a little different, though, because, I mean, growing up in Miami, obviously, you know, coming out of the womb, all, I mean, yeah. you, you were University of Miami yeah, fan of right away. So you didn't like the Gators or Florida State. But if either one of those teams are playing in the national championship, you root for them. Yeah, well, because there's so many guys from Miami on those teams. There's that, too. And you didn't go to Miami. But that's a little. Florida's different. We can talk about that (laughs) later. Florida in general is a state. There's a lot going on that's different. Everything can kill you. We'll get into all that. Uh, But we still got a whole lot of fun left to be had. Don't go anywhere. He's Nick Ferguson. I'm Brandon Cristal. Grant Smith is here as well. And for Benjamin Albright, this is Broncos Country tonight. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.